Now, the rest of the story. It was not Al's fault, really. It was as though he were born that way, just plain unable to handle money. Unable to handle money. His wife Betsy kept their books. She had to. Minus her constant attempts to rectify the family finances, Al would always have been in debt. It was as though he were an aggressive gambler or a reckless investment speculator. He was neither. Al was simply, totally, unbelievably befuddled by the household budget. He deeply empathized with people who borrowed more than they could pay. He often sought to help them in their crises. The problem was that Al was himself always borrowing more than he could pay, and so he could rarely afford to assist. Fortunately, Al was never imprisoned for indebtedness, as many were who lived in that day. This thanks to wife Betsy, who stretched the family income to astonishing limits, who saw to it that bills were paid when they could be, or plausibly postponed when they could not be. But this is the rest of the story. Onto this burdened beast of financial woe was laid what threatened to be the last straw, blackmail. It began, ironically enough, with a pretty young girl beseeching Al for a loan. Her name was Maria Reynolds. She claimed to have been abandoned by an abusing husband. All she needed, she said, was sufficient cash to return to her family in New York. As usual, Al was in no financial position to help, but equally characteristically, he tried to do just that. He would try to scrape something together, he assured Maria, but would require an address in town to which he might send the money. The cash for Maria's return home was hand-delivered to her apartment by Al personally, and so began the affair. It was Maria's husband who eventually returned to blackmail Al, claiming to be the injured party. The man negotiated over a sum that might relieve his misery. The amount agreed upon was $1,000, which Al produced with extraordinary difficulty. And, of course, it would not be the last of this dishonored husband's monetary demands. Still, all things considered, the greatest damage in this disaster was not to Al's marriage, but once again to the household budget. The blackmailer's initial lump sum and subsequent smaller payoffs put new and amazing stresses on wife Betsy's bookkeeping ingenuity. Al was heard to have said, I'm not worth $500 in the whole world. He should have been so lucky, because then, as almost always, he owed thousands of dollars more than he was worth. And he died as he had lived. In the end, he was shot and killed in a duel by a man he had accused of being, among other things, unable to manage money. By the way, it was Al whose every action seemed to undermine his family finances. It was this same Alex who had taken the non-existent credit of the United States government to a world-class, unsurpassed pinnacle, who had on his nation's behalf manipulated millions of dollars with such dramatic dexterity and phenomenal success. For Alexander, the man who could not handle his own money, was President George Washington's very first Secretary of the Treasury, Alexander Hamilton. And now you know the rest of the story.